0: Once you are self-aware, you must make a change.
1: Welcome to The Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone,
0: break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified
1: executive coach, Debra Kozowski.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Debra Kozowski, and we bring you guests from around the world that are going to inspire, educate you, and move you into action. Today, my guest is Damari Gold. She has a unique perspective on money and personal finances. She holds a master's degree in accounting in finance and has been practicing tax accountant for 10 years and owns the firm, the gold standard accounting and tax Inc. in Huntington Beach, California. Damari is passionate about helping small business owners, most specifically women owned business owners in understanding their money. As a first generation American and an entrepreneur herself, she understands the difficulties that are faced and money goes beyond business. And that is why she is determined to help others be confident money women. Damari can share with you on different levels of aspects of money and personal finance. And whether it be a money mindset, money management, taxes, or just the fundamentals of business, she has something for everyone. Please welcome Damari Gold to the Millionaire Woman Show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. Wow, what an intro. I feel so legit. (laughs) Well, I am glad that we connect, you know, good thing for
0: technology. Otherwise, I would love to be in Huntington Beach, you know, yes, (laughs) on on the beach would be fantastic. Trust me,
1: it's a dream come true. (laughs) Um, Have you always lived in California? I have, yes. Um, I lived in New Mexico for a few years, but yes, I grew up in California. I was born and raised here. Yeah, bringing you back back to the sunsets and the beaches. I know it's hard. It's hard to get away from here, even though the prices get you. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's hard to get away from the sunshine.
0: Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today. So our audience is men and women. Um, primarily, women listen to the show, but we do have a lot of men in our audience as well. And you know, when I was thinking about different things that we can talk about, because I know you talk about taxes, and we were talking about this earlier with me being from Canada and you being the US, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things about taxes that I don't know about the US market. Mm-hmm might be vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think there are some generalities, you know, that people, when they're preparing their personal tax or their business tax that, you know, I remember the first time I went to the bookkeeper and this is so embarrassing. I have a grocery (laughs) bag of receipts.
1: Oh, you're in the worst nightmare. (laughs) she She
0: started laughing and she goes, you know what, you think that's bad? Because, you know, I was a smaller business So I didn't have half as much as what some people came, but she said, we've had people bring in shoe boxes. We've had people bring in boxes and boxes and stuff. And since then I have like a little tickler file and I've developed my own systems. So I guess what what your recommendation is for people, whether it be personal or even business finances, how they can set themselves up for that true (laughs) success.
1: Well, you know, it's really great that you're asking that question because I, I joke and I make videos kind of funny over that about the shoe box. Like literally the only person I allow with a shoe box is my mom. And she's very organized at that. <laughs> so she actually gives me the breakdown and everything. And really, I mean... I would imagine that some of the differences, because in the past I have had to deal with Canadian taxation, but it's more to do with like imports and exports and things like that. But really, I think the fundamentals are receipts are great in the, with here in the US, the IRS will sometimes require receipts, but really you want to get yourself into an expense worksheet, which I offer a business expense worksheet, and it can be used for personal finances as well. But It's getting yourself in that habit of keeping track on a monthly basis, even if you do it twice a month or just once a month, but giving yourself that idea of how much have I spent in any given area is a really great way to start tracking, not by receipts. If I take a look at a bunch of receipts, I can't, no, like a box of receipts will just provide overwhelm, will just give you, make you overwhelmed. And then you're going to give up. You're going to be like, forget it. I don't want to do it. Right. Right, And now banks have made it so easy that you can download the transactions on Excel, you can download the transactions on QuickBooks. So there's a lot of different things that you can do to get yourself organized and not use the receipt box method, because that is not a method, (laughs) that is chaos. (laughs) And you will just overwhelm yourself before the end of the year, before tax time comes and being able to do anything. So tracking on a monthly basis is the way to go. Yeah.
0: You know, I developed a system over the years and I was so proud of myself because I'd come out with this big spreadsheet for the accountant at first. You know, they were kind of laughing at me because I took all these legal pieces of paper because I wanted it big enough that I can actually, you know, see <laughs> So I'm taping everything down. Did you
1: use the old ledger, the one that's like really long? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. And
0: now I move to more of a filing system where I have a small spreadsheet that yeah. every week I actually go in and whatever receipts I have, I I put them in. Good. Which makes me really proud because when it comes to, you know, when it's time for tax season, I'm like, it's ready. You're ready.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And see, so many people don't understand that, that if you, I call them financial Fridays, but you can really use any day, just schedule for yourself, schedule it two hours, three hours, so that you know that there's a stop time because a lot of people dread this area of their life or business And so if you just create that day to go through your financials, to, you know, see what you need to input so that you have an idea of what's happening in the month, then by the time tax time comes, you can like, you're done. You don't have to go back, but people, you know, sometimes like to procrastinate and then There goes the end of the year. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to walk in with my box of receipts. Yeah. And I'll just tell you that if you walk into my office with a box of receipts, I'm going to send you back out with your box of receipts. Good job. Yeah, Yeah, it was,
0: uh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. It was organized. Like I had it organized in like elastic bundles and different things like that, but still it was like... I I was embarrassed myself. (laughs) You know, it was a great learning experience. And I think what people have to realize, especially with personal finances, what we don't track, we can't
1: manage. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you hit it right on the head. It's so true. You know, what I teach um, any clients that come along about personal finance is I teach the most basic thing, which is keep track on a calendar and see what you're doing every week. Because the truth of the matter is that sometimes. We might not be aware of how much we spend in any given area. And in our head, we might think, oh, I only spent like $200. But then when you really take a look at it, it could be double that. It could be triple that. And if you don't make those adjustments now, I call them holes in your finances, right? If you hold a bag with water, if you fill a bag with water and you just poke a small little hole not going to notice. Right. But then we keep doing that. We keep poking these small holes everywhere. And before you know it, you have a lot of them. And what happens? It all comes out. Right. So I think that finding those small holes and where we're seeing our habits, when we see our habits, then we can make adjustments to what we're doing in our finances.
0: You know, it's amazing to me. I um, listened, I forget what it was, but they were asking a questionnaire of how well do you know yourself? Mm. And it was basic. It wasn't about, it was things about that you could measure. Mm. Do You know your weight or do you use a tape measure for your body? Just mm. for, a, could you baseline say where you were at? Yeah. With your finances, would you know what your bank balance is or your credit card balance? Just like mm. that. Have right. a rough idea, not, you know, mm. it might not be to the penny, but have a rough idea. Yeah. Um, how much time do you spend in spirituality, or how much time do you spend reading? And yeah. it was amazing to think of. Yeah, I don't track that. Or yeah, mm-hmm. I don't track that. And when we start paying attention, and maybe just choosing one or two because it could be overwhelming because there's lots of things we could be measuring. Yes. So you're thinking about financial goals when people say, "Oh, I can't afford to go on that trip," mm-hmm. or "I can't afford that outfit." Yet, yeah. you know, the next thing they hear is deal and it's, <laughs> oh. then they have all these things in their closet that they don't necessarily get them any closer to where they want to be. But because they saw sale, clearance, all these big, fascinating words, mm-hmm. it's drawn them into this financial crisis.
1: Yeah. And it's short sightedness is what it is. Um, a lot of us have a tendency of not being able to deal with, um, delayed gratification so we want that instant gratification right that's why we retail shop that's why it's called retail therapy because of the fact that we believe once i obtain this item um therefore now i feel better right and so when we give people that bigger picture if we say you know if you get out of debt you're gonna feel a certain way, right? But then you take a look at your debt, and you owe ten thousand dollars, for example, or more. Mm-hmm. I personally owe hundred and ten thousand dollars in student loans. I literally owe a small house in Central America. I don't know. like in the U.S. I don't know, like, yeah. um, and. I don't allow that to be like my basis because if I think of just that amount, I'm going to get overwhelmed. And I did for a really long time, but then I had to change my mindset when it comes to that is because when you think about $300 versus $10 sale. $20 sale, again, those holes begin to add up because we do not see the $20 here, $20 there, $20 here, $20 there. And that is so common with us. Let's say just eating out all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not an advocate to say like, don't eat out. You must eat at home in order for you because that's not necessarily freedom. I like to teach freedom at any wage, but what I do say is hey, if you're going to eat out more often, how about you take a look at how much you're spending on groceries? Mm -hmm. Because what happens is a lot of us, we spend a lot on groceries. We don't eat at home. We eat out and then we waste food, right? So let's kind of make that shift. And this is where knowing your habits comes in. And a perfect example of that is like the sale thing, right? It's, it's okay. I really want this item, but then My goal is to save a certain amount this month. So if I meet my priority goal, which is to save a certain amount this month, do I have something left over to purchase the item that I want? But your priority needs to be number one. And that is to inch towards your goal, not forget about your goal because this is $20 and this is less. No, let's start with your goal first. And then if there's room for the rest, then let's go to the rest.
0: You know, I love how you said freedom at any wage, mm-hmm. you know, so many people like one of um, the, I want to crush some money myths for those of you listening and, or watching us on YouTube today. Mm. That one of And the- I'm
1: drinking wine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, Hey, nobody's going to see me. <laughs>
0: all All (laughs) great you're in the comfort of your own home you're not driving a car so we're
1: all right well cheers everyone on youtube
0: (laughs) so some of the like those money myths that people have are like that i don't make enough money to save and yet when you said freedom at any wage let's let's crush that myth
1: yes oh my gosh yes So when it comes to saving money, you know, in my list of priorities, saving money is number one. And I'll tell you why. If you lose your job, you need money saved. If something happens to your home or something unexpectedly where your car breaks down, you need to purchase something, you need to replace something, you need money saved. Um, Most of us rely on uh, the biggest burden that all of us have, and I would probably say that in Canada as well, is debt. If you ask people what weighs on you more, not having enough money saved or debt, most of the time they always say debt. Debt weighs on them so much. Yeah. And here is what I am going to say to you if this is you listening right now. Stop throwing small pebbles at big problems. When you are just, you see this huge amount of debt and you're just like, I'm throwing this little, like it's going to happen. This is why I always lead with, I owe $110,000 in student loans and I am not going to worry myself and I still have money saved and I still do all the things that I want to do because I am not worried about the debt that I have. Now, when it comes to saving money, the first thing that we need to get clear on is what are you doing with your money right now? Because again, like, just like you mentioned, sometimes people, if you ask like what your bank balance is, or what did you spend on the things that we measure, right? What did you spend on food last month?
0: Yeah. What did
1: you spend on shopping last month? People have no idea. What they do is that they take a look at their balance, their app, or, you know, if they look at their bank balance yeah. and f- from there, they determine what they're allowed to do versus getting ahead of it and telling their money what it's supposed to do. So you see how the difference is there. You tell your money what to do versus it telling you what to do, because when you're just flying at the seat of your pants, like what is it? The seat of your pants? Yeah. Is that the saying? (laughs) Then you really don't know what you're, you can or can't do. So this is where that mentality comes from that. I don't make enough to save. And that's not true. That is absolutely not true. Unless you're making minimum wage and your your expenses are way crazy that you just cannot then that means maybe your whole lifestyle needs to change at that point but if you're making decent wages and you have debt okay what we need to take a look at is the overall picture what are you doing on a daily basis that is not allowing you to save what are you what are your actions doing what are your habits doing that's not allowing you to save And what I teach is to keep a monthly calendar, put in your pay dates, put in all of your bills when they're due. Because let me tell you, every time I tell somebody that, you know what they tell me? I don't even know when my bills are due.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's interest when you're late. So you better. No, not only that. Let's say they have an automatic. They don't even know when that stuff comes out of their account. True. So, okay. So, if you don't even know, then how much, how do you know what you have left over? How do you know what you have to move with? Like, of course, you don't know how much that you can't save money because you don't even know how much is coming out of your account every month. So, I often say get yourself a calendar, look at it on a weekly basis, take a look at what you're doing and be good. Create a habit for yourself. Even if you don't do it every day, do it every week to see what you spent on that week that you can make changes because I guarantee you that if you start doing that, you become more aware of your actions. And then you're like, oh, I want to go. Do you guys have a target?
0: No, we did. It's gone. <laughs> oh,
1: really? Yeah. Okay. So what store is the equivalent to target? The closest thing that we have right
0: now probably is Walmart.
1: Okay. Well, I love Walmart too. Walmart's like, Oh my God, I can't go to Walmart because I, I feel like they put crack in the air that is just like, You see everything. Ooh, I want that, even though you don't need it. But so it's like that, like you go to the store and mindless shopping occurs. Mm. Right. But then when you know you have to go write it down, then you're thinking, oh, no, I'm not going to do that because I know I'm going to have to write it down. (laughs) So. It it stops the process and and it's an interrupter. Um, Tony Robbins talks a lot about that, those interrupters of your habits. And so creating interrupters in your daily habits when it comes to spending money is going to be essential to you creating a plan for you to save money.
0: Yeah. I like what you talked about mindless shopping because just before we came on, I was doing a little bit of research and they said, you know, you think that cash is always good Mm-hmm. Until you buy your gas and you go into the store and pass the candy, pass the pop, unless you're going straight in and out, mm-hmm. you're going to grab a bag of chips or something else instead of just getting the gas that you need. Yes. So I thought that was interesting because I could see that happen. Like when you go to Walmart, you maybe you're going to one of those super ones where you get your groceries too. And then all of a sudden you see a nice top and then you oh see. Oh
1: my God. Yes. I love super Walmart. Don't get me started Yes, I have that issue. When we go here to the lake, there's a Super Walmart, and oh my gosh, I just love that Super Walmart. And I will tell you that I will walk away there with like $200 worth of stuff I absolutely do not need because of the fact that it's mindless shopping. And and so understanding ourselves, that's one, right? And understanding our habits, that's two. Like understanding how when we go to these stores, like if you know that that's going to be your issue, maybe avoid going going to that store. Yeah.
0: And being mindful, I think that's where the big push for mindfulness goes. Not even yes. just mindful eating; just you know, so many different habits get pulled mm-hmm. by not being conscious of the choices that we make.
1: Exactly, and like you said, it's that really um, not thinking about the measurement of anything. Because I guarantee you, most of the listeners are probably, if I were to ask you the question, if you're listening now how much did you spend on food last month? And I challenge you to say a number and then go back to see if that number is accurate. Are you off? Are you low or high? Right? So challenge yourself to really understand what are you doing with your money right now? Yeah. And this isn't
0: necessarily a myth, but with that, you know, I've heard people say budgeting never works. I've tried it But now that you're explaining your method of, you know, putting it, just writing down when you spend it or knowing how much you spent in groceries, that's already budgeting in your mind because you're bringing it to your awareness, right?
1: Yes. And you know why budgeting doesn't work? I will tell you why budgeting doesn't work is because people feel restrained when they budget because all of a sudden they're living this unrealistic amount or expectation of themselves that they feel that they cannot meet. So as soon as you say, I am only going to spend this much on this particular thing, and then you feel down because you didn't make it, or then you, you're like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have, that's why I don't necessarily use those words. If budget works for you, then great. But I say, teach your money where it needs to go. Because by the, at that point, you're feeling more in control of what you're doing versus a budget telling you what to do. And that's why I think that managing money is a little bit different in the, in the sense and the terms.
0: And that dollar you get to dictate your choices have how, where you want it to go, how much you can play with when you go do something, maybe frivolous, you can say, well, I'm going to give myself 20 bucks. I'm going to give myself a hundred dollars. Exactly. I won't feel guilty that it needed to go somewhere else because I told the money where to go.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly right, because you're making that choice. And right now, when we spend without thought, or when we spend mindlessly, we're not necessarily giving direction, we're just kind of going again by the seat of our pants. So giving money direction is a different sense, because now you're becoming aware of what you're consciously doing.
0: So do you suggest to people like, you know, for women, you know, who carry a purse or in their phones or an app that they should be, you know, as soon as you spend, you document.
1: Yes. You know, I like um, mint.com it's free and it links directly to your checking account. So for those people that are visual and things like that, you can categorize your expense and you can take a look at a chart to see how much you spent and you can actually create budgets within mint.com that tell you, okay, like I only want to spend so much in any given area. So if you like to play around with softwares and, you know, be a more visual person, mint.com I think is a great app and it's free. Um, And then also the calendar method, that's my baby, that's what I choose um, and what I teach is get yourself a calendar. There's something about pen to paper that commits to us. (laughs) So when we do that, then we could take, you know, you can use Mint as a backup because obviously if you don't keep receipts all the time, you're not gonna go back to that, but you can use Mint as a backup to see if you're writing in the right things. And then once you take a look at a snapshot of your week, then you could really say, okay, I went overboard on something. So next week, let me take it back. Let me pull it back some. And and this allows you to give that control and to really kind of give yourself some guidance and your money, some guidance.
0: And it gives yourself some grace, but that awareness, huge. Once you have some awareness, there's no turning back.
1: Exactly. And that's all all that we need to really come to is that awareness and the interrupters. And then you can really start making some big movements within yourself. financially.
0: Yeah. And these are small shifts making a big difference. Exactly. So another money myth that we need to crush tonight is women scrimp versus invest.
1: Mm. Women's scrimped. They scrimp like they scrimp and save. Oh yes. Invest. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So much can be said about women and investment. I don't know if you guys know, but statistically women are better investors than men because we don't chase after what's hot, we stay consistent with a lot of things. And one of the biggest things that I preach that I talk about is having and building a retirement account or some sort of investment account at a young age, because we are not taught to do these things. Oftentimes, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the US, we're just not taught to Hey, when a retirement account is available, start doing that, investing in that now, because guess what? You're going to be in the workforce for most of your life. And when you, let's say, leave a job, don't pull the money out, roll it over into something else. Like some of the biggest regrets that I have is doing that because I would have, If early on in life, I would have been doing this even with $100, it doesn't have to be this crazy amount. Even if I would have just done $100 over time, it would have accumulated some interest. It would have had a better rate of return. And I've been in the workforce. I'm 38 now. So think about how long, like 20 years I've been working since I was working since before then, but 18 years old to now, 20 years that money would have accumulated so much more in interest and so much more in just any overall over savings, over, over, you know, getting just that little bit. Yeah. I've always been great about saving my money, but it hasn't necessarily like been so great because I've had those up, up and downs, right? When I go to invest or when I go do this and that, mm-hmm. but I really realized something so fundamental and crucial to my life was that. I should have started a retirement account and I should have stayed and stuck to it for all this time, whether it would have been $100 because I wouldn't have noticed the difference. Even if it would have been $100 a month, I wouldn't have noticed the difference. And now I started retirement late. So guess what? Now my investments have to start at a later time. So I'm going to have to get more aggressive with it, right? So this is where that find yourself a balance. Again, learning how to give your money direction means that you're allowed to save your money, what you need, but make room for those investments, make room for those things that you want long-term and not just that short satisfaction. Right. And you know, that
0: leads into another money myth. And you're talking about when people say not making any progress, Mm -hmm. you don't need a lot
1: to make progress. Exactly. You really don't. You really don't. And, and that's what it is, is that I think all of us for the most part, when we think of success and that's where we have to also redefine our version of success, because when we think of success, when we think of where we should be, that's what gets us in trouble because we're like, oh, it's not progress because I don't see a hundred thousand dollars in my whatever like to begin to invest. You don't have to see that. Start small, start doing it somewhere. I mean, that's like, do you expect to go to the gym one time and get like lose 10 pounds? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, do any of us expect that? And if you do, then you have unrealistic expectations, right? So it's, it's that day in day out, those practices every single day need to be towards what you'd like to accomplish, what you would like to see happen. And if you're not doing that, even in small increments, then don't expect to see a macro result because you're not even doing the smaller things.
0: I know we talked about even the smallest amount, right? So let's say you decide to skip the lattes or, you know, skip getting the coffee and making it home. So maybe maybe you used to do that two days a week. And often it's much more than, (laughs) right? So if we said even 10 bucks a week, 52 weeks, you got 520 bucks that you didn't have before.
1: Exactly. It's a lot. And you know, what we hear a lot, especially for younger generations, it's like, Oh, I don't want to give up my Starbucks and this, that, the other. Okay, fine. So this is what I say. Okay, you love Starbucks so much. Um, David Bach actually gives a really good explanation on investments and it's then invest in Starbucks stock. You're the perfect example why Starbucks makes money. Then invest in Starbucks stock. You like it so much, right? benefit from it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Because you're investing, you're buying stock in a place that you are investing money in because you're buying on a daily basis, right? But people don't do that. That's one. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing you can do is that, or, or think about, is that normally it doesn't just stop at the coffee, at the daily coffee. Most people think that, oh, it's just my daily coffee habit. No girlfriend. you have also a eating out everyday habit, which runs anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars a day, hmm. right because food is now very expensive. Eating out is very expensive. So you're talking about your five dollar coffee habit plus your $15 you know meal habit that's twenty dollars and if you go out to dinner or you know anything else, So you're talking about over $20 a day that you can be spending and those things add up. And quick. And And quickly. Exactly. And this is why we want to take a look at what our daily habits are to see what things we are willing to change so that we can make an impact.
0: Because those goals are huge. It's not like you know, you have them for a reason, you get excited about them for a reason. And to let yourself, it's almost like you're letting yourself down because you're not putting in the effort to simply track it on a calendar. And it's it's really eye-opening if you wrote down how much should I spend today.
1: Yeah, it really is. I know sometimes that you know we get a little loosey-goosey with our with our weekends and stuff. And then I think back and I'm like, oh, all right. So I I clearly went a little too overboard. <laughs> this you last can self-correct, week. Correct. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Acknowledge it.
1: And that's the awesome part that you can self-correct that you can acknowledge. Okay, fine. I did that. Now I'm going to, you know, change this the following weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Our next money myth is all debt is bad.
1: Oh man. That one it's, it, I just can't with that because I know many money gurus talk about you know being debt-free and you know your focus should be being debt-free and again all debt is bad and so on right but here's the thing that's what how many of you feel like you even have felt freedom just by being debt-free or or even getting there or you feel so overwhelmed about your debt that you don't move anything that you don't go anywhere you don't save money you don't pay off your debt and you still feel stuck. You still feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. So we all make mistakes when it comes to debt. We maybe used our credit cards for not the right reasons. And now, you know, we have all this debt and we're kind of like, crap, you know, I messed up. Now I need to make some changes. Okay. Yeah, but owning a home is another debt. You know, again, Like what I talk about when it comes to debt and things like that, I I often refer to, or things being bad debt, there's bad debt and there's good debt. Bad debt is clearly when you're just shopping or using your credit card for non-essential things and so on, right? That's bad debt. Then there's a good debt, purchasing a home, assets, and so on, right? But for the most part, we tend to combine everything and we have debt, And that's all we can think of is that we have debt. Yeah, people get
0: caught up in what those payday loans and credit card loans, um, you know, versus saying, okay, I'm going to put this on credit and then I'm going to pay it off at the end of the month, much different approach than, you know, getting the payday loan or anything. And I think one of the things Damari, I was, um, I learned personally is that if it's good debt, In the end, you're going to make more from it. So even though a student loan, Mm -hmm. you know, and school's expensive, no, no getting around that. So, you know, you hope that you save as much as you can or work while you're going to school or whatnot. But at the end, with having that education, you're often being able to get into a higher paying position a lot of the time. Yes. You can, you know, eventually pay that off. But there is a price right? Mm-hmm. That's why tracking is so important.
1: and it I, is a, you know, We want to stress that here. To, to, to <laughs> no, it is. Done. And you know, what happens is that a lot of us, we start making more money and then we, uh, what what's the first thing we do? We upgrade our lifestyle. Yeah. And this is why debt becomes such a big burden is because then all of a sudden we upgrade what we do. We want to do more. We want to try different things. Trust me. I mean, for me, my own personal goals are my stressors that I'm like, yeah, but I want to get, you know, all the way over here. And then it's like, then I'm stressing myself out because then I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, like I'm, I'm doing too much or I'm getting up to this. And I had to go into debt to um, see my office through if I I should send you pictures of my office. I it's like a tax office office you've never seen before in your life. So it's, you know, but it was an investment because I knew what I wanted. I had a vision. I, we knew exactly what we wanted the vibe to be. And it was something that was welcoming and not like any other tax office you've ever seen in your life. And so But that was a that was an investment. I don't see it as it's debt, but it's an investment of type of debt, like you said, something that I'm going to get a bigger return on. And that's where we have to determine like what's a bad debt, what's a good debt, but also don't allow debt to run your life. Like it's not that serious. Get yourself a savings account, get solid with your savings, (laughs) and then and then start paying off on your debt. I know debt accrues interest, and I know that everybody's like worried about that whole thing. But honestly, it's not that serious. Like, just and you
0: got to be careful with that money mindset, right? Because I know people who are saving and doing very well, but have such a scarcity mindset they forget to live.
1: Yes, and that's exactly what it is. Is that. We want to create freedom for ourselves. And this is why I say freedom at every, at any wage is because we forget to live. We're so caught up in the debt and to tell you the truth, debt can be forgiven. Debt can like, if you just can't, you can't. And that's it, you know, adjust, make, make the changes that you need to make moving forward. But just know that it's like, it's, it's, it's not something that needs to control your life. You need to be able to live a balanced life. And if currently that is not happening for you, this is why those changes need to happen.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about one more uh, crushing money debt here. It's on sale. It's a deal.
1: <laughs> it. Everything. You can go to the 99 cent store and walk away with $50 worth of stuff and still Take crap home, so so just because it's on sale, it's not necessarily a deal. And really, it's coming clear with again those interrupters that of why we're shopping. Because I I do that too. You know, I think all women probably fall under that thing where we get a little anxious and we start feeling a certain kind of way. And so, what do we do? We're hitting up Amazon or we're going to you know the department store or things like that. That We want to buy things. Right. And so understanding that sometimes impulse buying or shopping with emotion, like if if we really want to interrupt those patterns is understanding why we're shopping and maybe, you know, taking a minute, because those are great ways to pause. Like if you put something in your cart and just kind of leave it there and then give it a day and see if you're still willing to pull the trigger. Um, but yes, normally sales are those things that trigger impulse buys. And so understanding yourself and those emotional kind of um impulses is going to be very important to knowing is it really uh is it really a, a good buy or am I just impulse shopping? Yeah.
0: And I, I think we see that, you know, when people are going to the store or you know, where the hoarding mentality begins. Like I've watched some of the hoarding shows on TV just oh, yeah. like, wow. And you think of what maybe one of their dreams was and because something was a sale or a deal and they just become an accumulator when all of what I see in front of me is that their dream just got was poof. Yeah. Suddenly it's gone because of that impulsivity or Exactly. exactly. And it, it comes down to, like we mentioned in your bio, the confidence, the self-esteem, whether mm-hmm. they believe they're worth it and have mm-hmm. value.
1: Yeah. And sometimes too, you know, um, when it comes to like money mindset and really healing a relationship with money, um, one of the things that that I often ask my clients is what was your first interaction with money? Like, what do you remember your first like feeling about it was, was it your parents fighting over it? Was it you being told that they can't afford it? Was it that I never get what I want because we don't have money? Like, what was your, your first interaction with it? And it could be that, you know, your mom was frugal or she was not, or, you know, that they like to spend a lot and got themselves into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. So, because most of us, our behaviors are very close to things that we grew up with. And so we either go one way or the other. I'm very, very much like my mom. Um, It's like, nothing is enough. And that is just something I have to work through that I could literally have $50,000 in my savings account and I feel like I'm broke. And so it's like, it just, it won't matter, you know? So that's where it's like, I have to work with my mindset to realize that I am safe. I am secure. I have what I need, and nothing's going on right now that is going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like if the world were to stop, and then I have absolutely nothing. Like, do I still have my abilities to earn money and to do what I need to do? And that's where kind of healing our money mindset and healing our money habits really comes comes to because I have a very unhealthy relationship with shoes, and if you look at my closet. I have a lot of them. And sometimes I do have to talk myself down because I'm like, oh my God, what I want, but they would look so cute with a certain kind of outfit, you know? And I, all of 2020, I said, I wasn't going to buy any shoes. And I did pretty good. I think about like one or two, maybe. And And then as soon as 21, the veil was lifted and I just went crazy. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to stop (laughs) for it all. (laughs) Yes. And see, but then that comes that hoarding because I do feel that way sometimes that I'm like, I have all this stuff and I just want to get rid of it all because I get so, you know, I feel so stuffed with it. So it's really just like understanding ourselves and understanding our habits and the things that we do and why we do them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because those impulse buys, that anxiety, anxiety shopping, it's a thing. So, understanding like where you're, where it's coming from and really making those adjustments to make the changes. Because I, it happens to me, guys. It's not like I'm a saint and, <laughs>
0: Because then you come down to, is it is it a want or is it a need? Is it a want mm-hmm. or is it a need? Do I really need this? But I really want it. <laughs>
1: yes. Most of the time we don't need. When it comes to clothing and things like that, most of the times we don't need, right? But we want. So that's where we have to really define for ourselves what do we truly want long-term Versus short term, and are we thinking short term game versus long term game?
0: And interrupting the pattern and paying attention. So, like the example I said about buying gas, like I I usually you know just tap it at the pump and yeah, away I go. But I if I was someone who went in and I knew that every time I you know go on a trip or or I go for gas and I go in that I usually walk out with either lottery tickets or something else. It's like, okay, can I find a way to avoid going in? Yes. Disrupting the patterns of behavior that are no longer serving you, like you talked about earlier, those disruptors.
1: Exactly. And, you know, if you think about it, now that you mentioned that about the gas station thing, I was thinking, like, if you have kids and you take them to the store, kids want everything at the store. Yes. Do you buy buy everything at the store? No, so apply those same rules to yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not gonna go to the store and be like, ooh, I want that and then just buy everything. So it's really like apply those same things if you go to the gas station and you see candy, right? A kid would be like, Can I get chips? Can I get candy? You're not gonna let them do that. So come on, let's let's kind of think of those those uh interrupters for ourselves. This interview
0: has been a delight, Damari. And what would be one thing that you want as a message for people when they think about our podcast, our talk today, that they want to walk away with from hearing you?
1: I want you to know that in life, you can create freedom, you can create confidence, you can create security for yourself, no matter how much money you make. Don't allow anyone or anything to tell you that You will only have this if you make six figures. You will only have this if you're debt-free. Learn how to create this for yourself now. And whether you work with me or you find somebody else, find someone that can help you heal these mindsets, heal these beliefs, and create new habits for yourself because it starts now. You're not going to have it once you get to X, Y, Z. You create it for yourself now
0: awesome so there's two questions that i always ask every guest and one is what is one book that has had a huge impact in your life
1: one book that's had a huge impact you know um when i first started out on this journey was um you are a badass by Jensen sincero was uh one of the the first books that i read and it really just started opening my eyes towards self-doubt and changing things in my life and going after the things that I wanted um so that is definitely one book that stands out in my mind
0: awesome and um what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out
1: oh man I get to live in freedom guys I wake up whatever freaking time I want Um, well except that I have to take my kids to school (laughs) I get to go to yoga At nine and go work out and I get to create my life and my schedule and with me and my partner, which is also my boyfriend and we get to live our life the way we desire. And that isn't necessarily with lots of riches or a yacht or anything like that. It's just being able to do what we desire.
0: That's awesome. That is
1: my rich. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Richness is about having the freedom to make choice. That's right. Really. How can people stay in touch with you?
1: You guys can find me on Instagram at Damari Gold, um, my website as well, damarigold.com. And if you know you're interested in working with me you can reach me in those places you can also find us um tgsaccounting.com that's my accounting uh, firm but i know you're in canada but anyway any anybody listening from the us yeah, we have
0: people listening from all over the world right. a lot of people from shout out to our californians yay yeah to us. <laughs> give us a snapshot of you listening um, to us here on the millionaire woman show i'd love for to share it on social media as well or wherever you are in the world Yes. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. That was our guest, Demari Gold. Hope you took away a lot of nuggets that you replay this, take some notes. I'd also like you to go over to my website at www.deborakazowski.com where you can get your three part video course of making habits stick, tie in some of the lessons that Damari shared tonight, and set yourself on that path of financial freedom for yourself and being able to give the direction to your money. Uh, also if you are watching us here on youtube hit the bell subscribe comment below or on your favorite podcast player hit subscribe rate and review and we hope to see you again soon as muhammad gandhi said be the change you wish to see in the world and on behalf of damari and myself go out and make today great